Welcome to another episode of the Elevated Barbers Podcast. My name is Bradford Kelly, and I'm sitting here with the Royal One himself. Go ahead and introduce yourself. This is Delmar, the Prince, owner of Royal Lux Grooming and co-host of Elevated Barbers. Yes, yes, yes. And if y'all don't know, Royal Lux Grooming is his barbering studio. Do you call it a studio? What do you call it? It's a studio. It's a for studio. Now. For now. For now. Yeah. So Royal Lux Grooming is his barber, uh, barbering studio in which he puts out royal experiences for all of his clientele. Another level of barbering is the name of my barber facility as well. It's a studio, but I got two chairs. I just don't have another barber right now trying to it was supposed to be me it should be you it really should it should honestly be you because you're the only barber so far that i know that can go where i'm trying to go and just it would be a great partnership so if your wife is watching consider a move <laughs> but nah you just based on where you live at it's just it just wouldn't be i don't know it might not be the best decision you gotta got a lot of weight that you carry so i got a quick question for you man um i was just thinking about this just throughout my week and was thinking about the podcast and just really pondering on you know just the way that our our viewers connect with us and different things that we deal with on a week-to-week -week basis so what was an impactful thing that happened to you this week? You know, it's been it's been a while since we've seen uh, since we've seen each other. And, you know, episode three was a whole week ago. People haven't right. heard from you. They haven't no, heard they from haven't. you. So what uh, what's been something impactful that happened to you this week? Uh, so the the thought of action took place this week, but the initial conversation within myself took place about a month ago um when i went out of town i just felt like i needed a reset from you know everything just kind of put my life back on balance and um you know i've been thinking a lot about the past few weeks just trying to minimize or um seclude myself i, I guess that's the correct word to use seclude myself from distractions um and i've been doing a lot of thinking and planning but you know last week i actually started doing so mm. i started putting some action into play just because i feel like i'm not where i would like to be in this moment mm -hmm. and the things that i call distractions are basically you know you have your things that you do like but also at the same time, like, um, I don't feel this is just me on the personal note. I don't feel that I qualify to be distracted right now. So mm. in order to, um, to better myself, I have to get rid of some distractions and to, um, basically surround myself with some things that are going to add value to me. Yeah. Instead of, you know, spending time with a lot of time wasters. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot stuff. of different things that can do that, too. Yeah, easily. And you won't even know it. You know, just simple as downloading games on your phone or being on social media too long or mm -hmm. uh, being on YouTube, but you're not searching up anything that is um, informational or impactful. So yeah. um, I I just, you know, basically I wanted to buckle down. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna start this this week. And I just started making plans to get rid of some distractions. So okay. I I wanna see how much I can grow and how far I can go um in doing so and doing, you know, getting rid of distractions and just really focusing more. I like that, man. You had a powerful week. <laughs> I see like life-changing events happen for you so that's good for me man uh it's also about action um and it's about what i call the difference between like the level up mindset and the growth mindset 
And for for me and my experience, there's a difference in regards to the growth mindset. The growth mindset is like your awareness of the fact that something needs to change. Your awareness and your consciousness towards a difference needs to be made, but you don't really always know what it is. You're just always focused on you and maybe where you're not, but you don't know where to also go. And even if you do know where you want to go, you don't know how to get there. And the difference between that mindset, because you know that you need to grow, you know that. But then there's the other side of the execution or the take action side of it. And for me, I call that the level up mindset where a person is is being conscious of where they need to go, but they're willing to take the actions necessary to get to the destination. They're not just thinking about it. They're not just knowing that they need to grow, but they actually are taking steps forward to their own growth. And one of mine is um, posting on uh, social media daily and just getting something out there and learning how to be more strategic at it. And so I came to that realization last week. I was just like, man, I just need to post once a day, at least once a day. And it's like, yeah, just posting once a day. I could go all into the reasons why, but just the simple act of just being consistent in something is going to be helpful for me. So those are two uh, nice, impactful things that happened to us this week. But I think it does kind of add to um, the conversation topic for today. And today, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already subscribed to this channel, you know, please go ahead and do that. Like and subscribe and share with as many people as you feel would benefit from hearing two barbers with a lot of experience kind of talk about the different scenarios that they've grown through. And uh, you might know your own personal barber and you like, hey, man, like this would be a good podcast for you. Um, this is interesting for me as your client, you know, so go ahead and uh, do that. But yeah, please share. We are trying to grow this community and feel like this is a safe space. D, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is a safe space for people to come and enjoy themselves and have some value input into their life instead of just, you know, the random things that people listen to on the, on the Internet, YouTube. Yeah. And that's, you know, this is why we built put this podcast together, because even though it's geared towards barbers, obviously the name is Elevated Barbers, but I feel like you're if you're in the entrepreneur space, like there's a lot of things that you can take from both of us as well, because not only are we barbers, but we are also entrepreneurs first. Yeah, I agree. So. All right, man. So that's going to lead into this topic for today. Today's topic is not geared only towards barbers, but it does have a lot to do with the clients and the barbers, because. One, there's a difference between the demographic of people that are in the Bay Area, in California specifically, as well as Louisiana, uh, Baton Rouge. You in Baton Rouge? Or, what are you, Gonzalez? I'm in Gonzalez, but you might as well say Baton Rouge, bro, because right. nobody don't know what Gonzalez is. They okay. gonna think you're talking about Texas or Mexico. <laughs> okay. So, all right, let's, let's call it a Baton Rouge, Gonzalez area. So, there's just different people. Um. And the market that barbering is in right now, when I say the market, I mean the the price points, the 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 space in which we are from a perception standpoint, from a reality standpoint. And that's the where the price points are and where we are inside the market and where we are in regards to people's perception of their pocketbook and how much they're about to be paying for the services that we provide. And the temperature in the industry right now is is a little wild. It's a little wild. It could be a little, it's, it's, it's all over the place. Um, but we need to talk about its reality right now. Um, the price points, um, everybody's kind of going up on their prices. And we mentioned it a little bit last episode. And I think we should probably dive deeper into this topic about the price points and uh, how people go up on their prices, when people go up on their prices, um, probably some best practices, but also some of the negative sides of how you do what you do, because it can it can definitely impact your business. But then even like the client, the way the clients look at you and the relationship that they have with you. So this is a lot to talk about. I don't even know if this is a specific topic <laughs> specifically, like I just named a whole bunch of stuff, but let's just go. Uh, let's just start it with 
this perception of the hundred dollar haircut. Let's talk about that. Let's let's go into that. And the the temperature in the industry is that you know, I think Jalen Rose said something on an interview one time, and all the barbers rallied behind him, and they were just he was talking about how you know if you want a quality barber and I'm paraphrasing, of course, I can't remember what he said specifically, but pretty much if you want a quality barber in today's time, he's like, we in 2023 and you know, it should be no less than a hundred dollars. So what's your thoughts? Talk to me. Uh, Man, that's kind of hard to answer that because obviously, you know, Jaylee can afford a hundred dollar haircut consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, but I myself, I do have a service that is a hundred dollars, mm. and it's a full service. You know, come with the cut, the beard, razor, shampoo, and um, the permanent hair dye, permanent color. Mm. So um, I feel like if you're getting all that, and then you know, other barbers may disagree with me, but I feel like that's definitely a hundred dollar haircut. If I'm doing all that, if I'm because those are different services, colors are separate service in his own you know doing the face is a different um service in his own shampoo is a different service in his own so um and i know you have more to say about that but i um i charge 100 for that service and Mm -hmm. i'm charging for the amount of quality i'm charging for the amount of time that goes into that service um and i'm charging for the products that i'm using also because i'm not using a, a cheap hair dye to put in your hair to you you know use as an enhancement the stuff that i'm using is going to last you for you know seven five to seven days you can sweat it's not coming out you ain't got to worry about no black sweat dripping on your face right you know this is the real deal stuff and i you know there's other products that you can use out there that's that's cheaper but for me and for how i want my clients to look i choose to use the more expensive stuff because it's quality and yeah. at Royal X Grooming, I'm the prince, and we pride ourselves on being, you know, quality, quality over quantity. Yeah. So, but I do feel that, you know, if you really want a, a nice, I'll say this, because what I was about to say wasn't going to make sense. But I feel that if you want somebody who's professional, consistent, um, the environment is good, quality service you are going to have to spend a little bit more money than you typically would if you were going to a place that doesn't provide all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we use booking apps now. Uh, we have websites. There's it's so much that goes into barbering and just you sitting in a barber's chair and you're getting the cut or you're getting the service. Like there's so much that goes on outside of the chair, outside of the shop, outside of the suite that, I feel that um, as barbers, we deserve the respect. We deserve, you know, to be paid a little bit more. If you're going about it in a professional manner, I'm not talking about somebody who just, you know, they show up whenever they want to or they leave whenever they want to. I'm talking about a barber who's honestly dedicated. They're putting time into their craft. They're spending money on education outside of their craft. Like there's, there's a lot that goes on outside of uh, the chair. So, What's your take on that, Brad? No, I'm with you, man. I think I I think what when we're dealing with prices, we are really fighting against the perception of what barbering has been. We're move like us as an industry, um, we're moving into a different space in the in the minds of people. But a lot of people still look down on the profession. It's mm-hmm. like it's looked at as, you know, you're not doing nothing but some oil changes. You, you're not doing nothing but ringing out a client or two. You know, like like it's not a respected industry. No, it's not. And, and it's gotten better, but it's, it's gotten better. But it's, it's be. yeah, it's it, like from a and this is like a holistic perspective. Right. I'm not talking about individuals. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like if you just look at the way society views barbers. It's 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 really not respected and even some things that have happened uh recent with recently within the last couple of years is the qualifications to be a barber or to be a cosmetologist they've lowered the bar 
so that it's less hours to get your license. You don't have to do as many services or know how to do as many services as you used to. And this is a good thing and it's a negative thing at the same point because because it's so easy to become a barber, it invalidates your ability to quote unquote be premium because mm -hmm. anybody can do your job so to speak that's what they're saying versus it's a specialized craft right. so I, I i remember seeing this um happen in the nursing industry where in 2003 2004 or really between 2000 and 2004 i was noticing a lot of people become nurses a lot of people become nurses because it was so easy to become a nurse and you can make good money close mm -hmm. to doctor money as a nurse but it was super easy to do it and so what the government did is they changed the qualifications to become a nurse but made it a premium so it became harder to become a nurse it wasn't just as easy as it was and what it did is it shifted how many people were going to be able to become nurses and therefore it qualified them just on entry like you're going to make a good amount of money because you're dealing with um, people's health and they look at you as an important. I think even during the pandemic, they called it essential workers. Mm -hmm. And so we were deemed as non-essential workers mm -hmm. in this profession. And therefore we weren't treated the same way, but yet to our clients, we are essential, mm -hmm. you know, from the government perspective, they, they might not look at you as essential, but from your, from your client's perspective, they look at you as essential, but because the nature of the industry is changing. People still look at barbers the way that they see the movie barbershop. Mm -hmm. You know, they look at the beauty shop and they look at that. And that's the representation of what the barber is. It's like it's a it's a it's a, a wholesome or I don't even that's not the word homely. I, I think the word I want to use is like homely. It's just like a down to earth job that you did because you couldn't do nothing else right. and you can, you know, you can talk and you can, you, you have some skill at cutting hair, but what you're doing is not that important. Right. And that perception minimizes the, the, the ease that a person can have to spend money with you because of how they perceive it. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to like the hundred dollar haircut, I'm a fan of people striving to get to that point. I would one day want to get to that point. I'm not there close, but not there. But it goes into like what you were saying, so many other aspects than just the service that I provide that I honestly believe that I'm undercharging for what I do and for where I do it at. And for how I do it and for my consistency and for my dependability and for the quality that you receive and for all the products that I'm using and for the equipment that I'm using. Like, I feel like I'm undercharging for what I'm providing. But at the same point in time, I personally try to never gauge how I'm how I'm feeling and project it on my clients. It just forced things to happen. But I realized that the clients are what's going to deem your worth or not. We can dictate the price. We can set the price. We can say whatever we want to say from that perspective. But they're going to tell you whether or not you're worth it. Right. And if you can pay your bills and live the life that you want based on the price that you dictate, then your clients are telling you that you're worth it. Because whatever you're – whatever – um, they are willing to pay for is it shows you your worth, mm -hmm. but you can say, Oh, this is my price point, and then you realize like like 90% of your people stop coming, or they come way less mm -hmm. than what they were coming before, and therefore now the frequency of money is starting to spread out, and your week-to-week -week income is lowering because now people are not coming weekly, they're coming every two weeks or you got your two weeks people that's come in once a month now mm -hmm. if they even still trying to rock with you and then you got some people that's just like hey you didn't price me out you right. know i'm not coming to you no more and so not because they don't like what you do or whatever but you haven't increased the level of importance in their mind and therefore they can't find a logical reason to pay you what you're asking 
and therefore for them you're not worth it anymore so i think that the drive and the hunger towards being a, a like you know getting your prices to a hundred dollars is, is an admirable thing but you just got to do it with respect towards the clientele and respect for yourself like you got to understand what you're willing to lose if you do if you do you know something and i think it's a good point to bring up too d and you could kind of let me know how you feel how I don't even know if I want to ask it like this. Like I was about to say, like, how much do you think barbers should increase their prices at a time? Uh, because I'll, 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 I'll say this, I'll put it like this. And this is me kind of like answering this, the question, but when it comes to price increases, do you, I'll, I, okay. And now I know how to say it. Do you feel that, barbers are becoming greedy when it comes to price increases do you feel that barbers are becoming greedy why or why not because it could be a it could be like nah we ain't being greedy <laughs> but then at the same point in time you might have a different perspective to share um i think your your question is a catch-22 reason why is because um it's like I can see where you're going with it. Why you asking if you know barbers are being greedy? But I can also see the flip side of that and say that no, I don't feel that they are being greedy. I feel that a barber should charge according to their work, their worth, their skill set. You know, their demand. It, it's a lot of different factors that could go into why a barber charges more, why they go up, why they increase. Um, you have to make a living. So if the market is going up, not, I'm not talking about the barber industry, but if the uh, cost of living is going up in your area, that's the reason to go up because you're trying to stay, you know, line in line with the cost of living in, in your state, your city or whatever. Yeah. So I would say that there's not a definitive answer for that question. Some people do go up out of greed. I mean, it's, it's, it just yeah. is what it is. They feel like this is what I deserve. I'm charging this, you know, but there are some people who they have legitimate reasons for why they're going up. It's because they're so invested into the craft. They're so invested into getting better that it kind of justifies their price increase. I mean, how do you feel about that? No, I think I agree. I agree. Um, I think that barbers should just be can can uh I want to say considerate or mm -hmm. and not considerate like you have to ah, I don't know how to I really don't know how to say it but the thing that's coming to my mind I'll just be just blatant with it is barbers we do have to understand that people are going to be impacted by your decisions. Mhm. Mm so when you make decisions, you don't, I would suggest that you don't do it from a place of greed. You don't, you don't do it simply because you want more money because that raises the question from a client. Well, what do you, what are you doing to deserve more? Like even in, in the corporate world, you can't just ask for a raise just because you want a raise. Mm-hmm. Like it's based like the reason why you're asking for a raise most likely is because you realize that the level of work that you're doing, you're not getting paid for, you know, like I'm doing more than what my job requires. And therefore, I would like a raise. And in our space. Sometimes we'll go up on our prices and not change one thing. Mm hmm. Like nothing is different. You're doing the exact same thing. You're you you haven't leveled up at all, but you're just gonna go up because and it and it, like you don't even have the demand to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like you don't even have people on your books for two, three weeks straight where people can't get in. And if a no show happens to you or somebody cancels last second people are beating the door down to try to get in you don't even have that you're just saying mm -hmm. hey man everybody else is charging this much i don't want to be the low man on on the, on the totem pole and you just go up 
but there's no real reason behind it. And you can't go up because of what everybody else is everybody else is doing. Right. It has to be a personal decision based on personal reasons why you're going up. And it could be things outside of barbering, you know, life responsibilities, all of that stuff. Like you said, cost of living. Um, but I just think that the perception of it from a clientele's perspective, it can be based on greed. And it's felt when a barber is, is does it like that when they yeah. do it out based on greed it's felt yeah and uh to to piggyback off of what you just said so i know somebody uh no specific names but you and i both know who i'm talking about um so his his whole thing is to try to get barbers to go up which is hey that's that's great but it comes at a great cost because of if you're constantly increasing your price every week or every month then yeah you can get new clients but i also feel that you have to pay attention to the area that you're cutting in as well as you know your demand like you just said but um his thing is basically in a nutshell his thing is that the area doesn't matter I, to some degree, disagree with that because if you're in a state where the minimum wage is low or people not getting paid a lot, then you can price yourself out. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're, you know, you're trying to jump the gun too early and you come in straight out of school and you want to charge $50, $60 for a cut. Hey, you got to build a demand to be able to do that. You don't yeah. just charge that much because you're licensed or you don't just charge that much because um you have a booking app like if like you said i my demand i can just speak for myself personally like i started off at 15 for adults 10 for kids of course that was 10 plus years ago but every year i um i seek to grow up go go up on my prices and that was because i was putting in the work and i was you know trying to build the demand build my clientele then eventually I got to a point to where I am now and, and I'm still booked two, three weeks out, even sometimes four weeks out, but it's because the demand is there, even though I went up on my pricing, but the demand is letting me know like, Hey, this is okay. Now, yeah. if I wasn't booked like that, then it would be like, okay, we might have to either make an adjustment or, you know, something, something got to shape because at that point yeah. you're going to price yourself out because like I said, you can be in a certain state and we'll talk about that too. But I know typically um, just because I'm familiar with California, California, a lot more people make more money. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I no, you're right. a lot more people make a lot more money. It does depend on where you at in California, though. Depending on where you at. Right. Like where I'm at, I'm in the Bay Area. So minimum wage is like almost $17. Right. Where minimum wage where I am is like $8, bro. Are like you serious? Yeah, it's still like eight dollars. I could be wrong, but it's we have not reached double digits. Hold on, man. Let me look. Let me let me look Google up. It. Let's let's go. I'm about it. to Google minimum man, wage in California. I, I stand corrected, but I believe that Louisiana has not hit double digits in minimum <laughs> wage, bro. But no, nah, that can't be real, man. So right now I'm looking at Google. Y'all can see if y'all looking. I'm on Google. Um so minimum wage as of January 2023 is $15.50. And so that for this is California. Okay. This is California. Let me let me see uh Louisiana. I, I can guarantee you that it's not double digits in Louisiana. Like I said, I stand to be corrected. Mm. What would it say? Talk to the people. Oh, what it say? It says legislation. You can tell by the disgust on his face. <laughs> it says legislation that would raise Louisiana's minimum wage to ten dollars an hour next year. I mean, in two thousand twenty-three, um, and up to fourteen dollars per hour by two thousand twenty-eight. It says Louisiana is one of the twenty-one states that sets its minimum wage with federal rate which is seven dollars and 25 cents per hour bro oh, so we haven't even hit eight yet 
y'all haven't hit 10 yet, but like overall, the average is about seven dollars and twenty-four. That's ridiculous. So we, we half of y'all, a little bit under half of you know what California is. Now, yeah. of course, the cost of living in California is more expensive, but I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, y'all. Car insurance, all of y'all insurance is cheaper out there than oh, I don't know. not my rate. <laughs> no, <laughs> not my rate. I don't know. You might be a bad driver, man. That's but, what they consider me. <laughs> a lot of believe it. So the the cost of living here in Louisiana isn't balanced upon what the minimum wage is. Now there is people who have good jobs, but in Louisiana, you either have to be an entrepreneur in the medical industry or in the plants for those you don't know who the what a plant is there's refineries mm. so uh and luckily i do have a lot of clients that are in the refineries or they're in real estate because real estate has grown to be a, a big thing now everybody's trying to, to get into uh real estate whether it be residential or commercial but my point is you have to read the temperature in your area you can't just be going up for no reason. You have, if you're going to go up, it has to be effective, but you also kind of have to keep in mind your clientele too. Because yeah, you will price some people out or, uh, and I know what you're about to say, but you will price some people out or you will find yourself cutting some of your loyal people less. Now, I agree with what Brad about to say. Though, so What I was I about, about to say? say. I'm no, you, you got no, you didn't turn into Cleopatra. What's her name? Miss <laughs> Cleo. So <laughs> you tell the people what I was about to say. Nah, go ahead, bro. <laughs> okay, now you don't now you don't want to fess up. All right. No, I was actually gonna agree with you. Um the one of the things that is also key is understanding how many new clients that you're getting per month. Like if you understand how many new clients on average you're getting per month, then there's a strategic way that you can increase your prices for the new people and not your old people and then gravitate your old people into the new pricing. But you want to like, it's almost like testing the market to see if you can get what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. you, you can do that with new people. Um, people that don't know about the old prices, they just know about this new price. And then, uh, do it like that as well there's there's ways to do that but i think that it's key to understand that you know demographic does or where you where you are location it does play a part but with today's society man and you can you you can correct me uh if i'm wrong from your perspective but location kind of doesn't matter from this standpoint is that there's always going to be people, no matter what the minimum wage rate is, that have better jobs, that do have higher income than the average. They're mm -hmm. doing things that are beyond the average. And there's a lot of people like that. Like there's a lot of people like for something to be an average. That means there has to be a lot of people above it and people below it. Right. So uh, if you can learn how to attract the the higher clientele, then you can do it. and you can do a lot of it through social media. Oh. You know, you can do a lot of this through social media. How you present yourselves is going to attract the type of client that you want so that you can charge the prices that you want that will allow you to live the life that you want. But, yeah, what's your take on social media and its pool in regards to how people can get their clientele up in this conversation of pricing, right? What would you say? So, You're a little blurry. A little blurry, yeah. Might be your, might be your eyes, bro. No, no, I, no, I'm clear on my side. But um, just to—is that better? I don't know. It's don't about know. the audio. Y'all can hear him yeah, clear. We we we're gonna roll. You don't gotta it. be in focus. Um, so to piggyback off of something you just said, like everything has a market. I'm a firm believer of that. Everything has a market. So, um. Mercedes Benz, for example, not everybody can afford a Mercedes Benz, but there's a lot of people who can afford a Mercedes Benz because they they make the money. So it's the same thing with um, 
you know, with barbering or whatever business that you're in, everything has a market. If you're, I don't want to say lower standard, but if you're in the lower price range, there we go. If you're in the lower price range, there's a market for that. If you're in the middle price range, there's a market for that. And if you're in the higher price range, there's a market for that. So just like you got, you know, Hondas on the road, <laughs> Hondas yeah. are made for specific people who can afford them. But Mercedes Benz and BMW, Audi and all those other companies are made for people who can afford them, too. So everything has a market yeah. as as far as building your your um, clientele through Instagram or social media, per se. And I'm actually <laughs> I, I came into the industry right when social media started to pop um 2012 i think instagram came out of 2013 might have came out but had it not been for you know facebook instagram um snapchat at the time i don't know if people still mm. use snapchat it's kind of forgotten about, about it i never <laughs> used it <laughs> but if it wasn't for those apps or social media being created then i probably would have still been doing the the word of mouth depending on word of mouth or passing out cards or you know passing out flyers or whatever you know that we had yeah. to do back in the day to promote your business but now everything can be promoted through social media and with social media being such a, a large world you can be discovered anywhere like i see barbara's stuff from <laughs> louisville kentucky i don't know yeah. nobody in louisville kentucky but that's how big that's how small social media makes the world now is that you know, people can find you regardless of your location. Like I got people who drive to me from Baton Rouge. Some may drive from New Orleans. Uh, some drive from Lake Charles. It's, you know, the world is small. Yeah. You know, so I'm thankful for social media because it helped me to be able to build my clientele a lot faster than yeah. I would have 10 years ago. Like uh, I think we might have mentioned it on episode one, but I got licensed in 2011. I really started my first full year of barbering in 2012. I became a shop owner in 2014, the end of 2014. Like, that's unheard of. Yeah. Like, I became a shop owner um, two years later or two and a half years later after getting my license. And that's because of, you know, me being able to market myself on social media. My clientele grew a lot faster than they would have if I didn't. Yeah. And I like what you're saying because when you think about how fast you were able to grow and you were leveraging the technology that you had at the time, and we still got an Instagram and social media and all that stuff. When you were going up on your prices, it was because of different factors. You know what I mean? You had different reasons why you were doing it. You was able to, uh, you saw the demand. Then you also, you like noticed how good you got. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you notice it. And because of social media, it allows you to use a barometer or you're able to use other people to set your own expectations mm -hmm. for yourself. So when I was looking on Instagram, when I first, cause I came to Instagram late, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I am old. He don't like social media, but I don't like social media. Like I'm 37. Right. So that's, I, that's old, but it's not like I'm not elderly at the same point in time. <laughs> right. So, but, when I got into the industry, I got into the industry in 2007. That's when I got my license, you know, and Vic the Barber, I believe his name was Cake and his Randy. These are all like classmates of mine that got super big on YouTube, but I I wasn't even aware. I wasn't looking on YouTube, learning how to cut hair and nor was I thinking about doing any type of tutorials, but they were blowing up, mm -hmm. you know, they were blowing up. Those are some of the people that you watched to mm -hmm. get um your skill set up but social media has allowed you allowed all of us to grow at faster rates because you can see someone doing something different than what you're in in your shop and where you are in your salon like so you because you are aware of more things your mind can expand and therefore your skill sets can expand as well which also allows your pockets to expand right and because you can learn better ways to do things, faster ways to do things, more quality ways to do things. And because you can do all those different things, it does give you the permission to learn, apply, and then, um, or I should say, invest, learn, and apply. 
and therefore then you can charge because mm-hmm. you've done the the due diligence to increase what you're what you're the the value that you're given and value is not dictated by you it's dictated by what your clients find important if they mm-hmm. find it important then they'll they'll tell you if it's worth it or not they cuz you could, like you said about your services right somebody can be like okay Oh, you do like a an enhancement that stays for like five to seven days. Some people is gonna be like, "Oh, that's cool." Other people are gonna be like, "How much is that? <laughs> no, how much no. are you? How much are you charge for that?" And then it may be important to them, and they be like, "Ah, okay, it's that's thirty dollars. All right, uh, all right, do it. Let's do it. You know, let's do it because it's imp- it's that important to them." Mm-hmm. But for somebody else that ain't really tripping, they'd be like, oh, that's cool that you do that, man. <laughs> yeah. you know Some people just want a, a, a clean haircut. That's yeah. it. And They're it's, not into all the other stuff. And that's cool. That's cool. But it's what they find important is where they'll put their money. Mm-hmm. And so we as barbers and as beauty professionals, we have to understand how to trigger or f- make the client understand that something is important to them. And if we can't increase the level of importance, it's going to be it's going to be very for us to increase our prices because they won't deem it as important. They won't deem it as worth it because they don't find it important. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Perfect. Yeah. So I think those are some things to um, consider. But we're dealing with a serious scenario, man, because the I, I do think that we have to be careful of the greed that I mentioned earlier, because when you are trying to grow too fast, you're going to put yourself in a scenario where you're always going to be chasing money because you're going to have to keep getting new clients Mm -hmm. because you're going to lose the ones that you already had based on how fast you go up, how much you go up. And there's arguments for everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm with the consistent growth versus a jump to change. I'm more with consistent growth. You like, like we were talking about last episode, I believe it was, we were talking about how clients grow with you. If you allow them to, you can leave your clients, you know, (laughs) and that's what I don't like personally is, you know, some of the, the arrogance that's in the industry. Yeah. But at the same point in time, like I get it. It's like, it's almost like we appreciate ourselves more than other people appreciate us, but you just gotta watch the arrogancy level that you may have because it's, it's, yeah. it's no it's no you without the people. Yeah, like I don't care how good you cut, if you don't have people, you don't have a business. Yep. I say if you're not cutting, you're unemployed. Yep. You're not even employed yep. by yourself. Like you nope. can't you can't pay yourself without the clients. So there is no royal lux grooming without the clients of royal lux grooming there is no another level of barbering without the clients Mm -hmm. and so if i leave my clients based on how i view me that's a very narcissistic approach Mm -hmm. to you know what i'm doing and i think that that can kind of hurt barbers more than it can help them even though they can chase a quick dollar you won't be in the industry long no it's that's a either you're trying to grow so fast that you can get out you know this is like a stepping stone towards something else or um you're just not having good business sense and knowing how to set something up for longevity yep just depend all depends on what you want out of this yeah you you get what you put in you gonna get what you put in for sure man i kind of don't like the arrogancy either because it's kind of like um people they forget you know how they got to where they at once they reach that superior level it is a superior level as far as like skill set and your marketing like that's great but you can't be so into yourself that you feel like you don't need anybody like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this with you or without you yeah. you know that's just not a you don't want to make people feel like that you know yeah like at the end of the day this person may be a client but they still have feelings too yeah. So, you know, you treating them like like they don't matter. They just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And and based on the way that it's, it's portrayed in the industry, when you just stay stay looking at uh, YouTube and Instagram, I think you said this a few episodes ago is what's being promoted is the highlights. 
Mm-hmm. You seeing a highlight reel of what people are really doing on a day to day basis. But with that, if you are living your life on highlights, then you won't ever see the growth. Like you'll never see the growth process for the for you even to get the highlight. Right. And that's just it's a recipe for disaster at the end of the day. If you if you want to be successful in this industry. Yep, I agree. So when you think about the demographic that you deal with in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, what's that like, man? What's it like? What's it like? Because like, how do you deal? How did you deal with you going up on your prices in that element? Like, were you were you even thinking about minimum wage at that time? What were you doing? Uh, no. So just to clarify, uh, Brad mentioned Baton Rouge and I had, I had him say Baton Rouge because a lot of you won't know what Gonzalez is. So I'm in a city outside of Baton Rouge called Gonzalez. And, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I am the highest price barber in my area. And, um, to, to me, I didn't really have too many issues with going up just because of you know my skill set people found that you know i was pretty cool guy that could cut um you know they love the professionalism they love how i'm always trying to elevate my craft elevate you know as a person um i guess they feel that i add value to them yeah i'm trying to say that in a non-egotistical way um but they found value in me. So yeah, of course you're gonna have your your people who don't like the you know the changes in your business. They don't like the um that you're elevating. I'll say that they don't like that you're trying to elevate because they're used to the same old saying. Like in my area, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the average price might be twenty-five thirty. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty much double of that. But the thing in my area is people cut for quantity or that yeah. was the precedent before, you know, 2013 people cut for quantity instead of the quality. So it's like, you know, cut as fast as I can get you out of my chair, put somebody else in the chair. And then for me, I feel that um, because I've seen people like Vic Damone on YouTube and I had a chance to meet um, Richard Payne, Captain Smash, um, by way of somebody who we mutually know. Um, I was able to see, and then also being around you too, I was able to see that quantity does matter, but not as much as the quality. Mm -hmm. You still can make a lot of money doing the quality of a service. And that's what I started gearing my uh, business towards, like just being more on the quality side than quantity. Yeah, I've had my time where I've cut two heads an hour or cut, you know, um, and not 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 that anything is wrong with that because I don't want to sound like I'm knocking anybody either. But for me personally, I wanted to focus more on quality based cutting, which would lead me to being able to charge more yeah. because I'm I'm giving more detail. Yeah, you know, but I feel like I kind of helped move the industry in my area forward. Me and Trey, I don't want to say me, but me and Trey, I feel like we both helped move the industry forward because it allowed other people to come into the Gonzalez area and to be able to charge more. They wouldn't charge the same as me and Trey, but they would maybe stay under us. But it helped. It helped us doing what we was doing helped them to get more money in their pocket because yeah. either we would go up and some our people would fall off to them because they charged just as much but they stayed under us you know yeah. if that, if that makes sense so um i like it man i always challenge myself like you know hey look i'm doing this this year i'm doing that and yeah. so far it has worked for me but i didn't jump straight in and was like hey i'm charging this yeah I, I couldn't. I knew that just from good business sense and just good common sense that that's not logical. 
Like, yeah, you have to pace yourself. <laughs> you can't yeah. you can't come into this and want to run 100 miles an hour. That's, that's not how this works. Yeah, I had to pace myself. I had to work on my skills. I had to work on professionalism. I had to work on a numerous amount of things before I could start making an increase. Then I had a barber who we worked under. And he was like, I charge this. This is what y'all should charge. All right, cool. I never had nobody tell me that before. And after that, me and Trey just kind of started seeing, hey, look, man, the people are telling us because we would always get uh, get tipped like 10, 15, sometimes $20 above what we were charged on a consistent basis by certain people. So it was like, man, maybe this is where we need to be at price point wise. And then we just slowly took it that way. And then I'm at the price point now where I'm I'm pretty much content. I have higher services, but my average price point, I'm yeah. content with it. Yeah. So there's a few things that I want to highlight of what you said. Um, I'm a first go. Wait, you got something else? Mm, go ahead. Oh, um, I'm a first highlight. Let me say what I, what you said so I can make sure I get it out of my head. So first was like the uh, quantity, quality. I'm, I want to say something about that. Mm-hmm. And then you also um, you spoke about uh, tips and using tips to understand your price price gauge so i want to ask you a question about that all right but one thing that you said about the i want barbers to understand like there's different um customers that you're gonna go after and when under the reason why i say customers is because those are new people Mm -hmm. customers are people that you don't have a relationship last episode we talked a lot about customers versus clients and building relationships with them but uh customers is is who you're going after these are like your new people that you that you want and you do need to understand the business model that you're in and if you don't know what business model you're in i'm gonna i'm gonna explain the the three types of business models that you can have so one of them is quantity based where you have a quantity based business model you're looking at trying to see how many people can you get into your chair before the day is over right you may not most of the time you don't have appointments you're walk-in based and you're trying to see how many people you can do in a day. So that's like the quantity perspective. And there's a certain price point that goes with that, that um, business model because it's all based on convenience for the client. Then you have quality based and quality based. It'll typically, it'll typically start off with at least having a booking platform where your now your time matters. Like quantity based, your time don't matter. You're just kind of open when you're open and people come. But quality, it shifts into where your time matters because now people have to get in where they fit in. They can't just come whenever they feel like it on the day that they feel like it and expect to get in. So there's a certain level of quality that one, the barber has to be able to provide, but then also a certain level of person that can set appointments and be there. And then you have experience based um business model and the experience-based business model deals with the business that pays attention to the details of every aspect that the client touches their business so they find value in the whole process that a, a client goes through to get to them as well as while they're with them as well as after that person leaves and the reason why this stuff is valuable and those are the three different business models is because you get paid for how much attention you give to the details that matter to people. When you pay attention to more details, people have more ways that they can appreciate you versus it's just based on convenience. Like you hear when I came, cool, great. Thanks, bro. Let me, you got me in, you got me out. Mm-hmm. That's a level of detail that you know a lot of people do it like some business models have made millions of dollars with that mindset or that business structure because their focus is to get as many people in as possible and get them out as quickly as possible and the more people you can do the more money you can make Mm -hmm. and so those are just three different business models to pay attention to and kind of guide yourself on where do you want to be because uh there's three different price points it's like the low end price point but you can make a lot of money based on how fast you work mm-hmm. then you got mid which is quality and you're focused on the level of detail that you apply to your service but even your time now matters like how much time do you give to for people to get onto your schedule and 
and book different services with you. Then you have the experience where the business is paying attention to every aspect that the client touches their business and making sure that there's value at each touch point. And therefore, because now the client can be like, man, I appreciate this about them. I appreciate this about them. I appreciate this. And this is all a part of your business structure. Then when they pay you, they understand why they're paying you, you know, and most of the time when you really do provide a lot of value at, at different touch points, then if you do it right, they'll still feel like they're winning. They'll right. feel like, man, like you deserve more than what I'm giving you, but I'm glad you're only charging this much. And for everybody else that they deal with or whatever, they know they can, they can go to another barber and get us something quick done. But it ain't they don't got the same level of detail. There's not right. that level of professionalism like you talked about. There's not that level of attention to detail to the products that they use, to the equipment that they use, to the way that they communicate with you, how they make you feel comfortable, um, the music that's in the room, the smell that's in the room, the way that they um, there's so much that goes into an experience that you give. It's not just the fact that, oh, my cuts is fire. Right. And he'd be like, you oh, yeah, cut anywhere. Yeah, you can get a good cut a lot of places, but a lot of people do not know how to give a honest experience. They think that the quality of the haircut or the service that they provide is the experience. And that's false. That's fake news. If you go right. operating and you thinking like that newsflash, that's wrong because you're using a word that doesn't apply to what you do. Right. Experience, you're not giving an experience. You're giving a great haircut. Mm -hmm. And that's not the experience alone. But I'm sorry, this ain't no class. This ain't no course. So uh, what was we? Oh, the tips. Other thing I wanted to ask you a question on was. Do you feel that the amount a person tips or people are tipping? Do you feel like that's a gauge for. Barbers to go up on their prices and what's your what's your perspective on that? So I would say it depend on. um it it depends on where you're at, like in your your um in this stage in your career. And the reason why I say that is because for me, getting tipped consistently, like fifteen, ten, twenty dollars above what I was charging, and it wasn't just like one or two people doing that. It was many people doing that, and then also hearing man man you you know you're too good to be charging this little you should go up mm -hmm. i was able to and i didn't do it right away when i sat back and reflect reflected on how many people was really telling me this and how many people was tipping me above my price because i mean this is the thing about tips and i stand to be corrected but people don't have to tip your price is your price so the fact yeah. that people are tipping me that much above my my set price to me it was a gauge for hey maybe i need to go up and i didn't go up you know 15 20 at one time it might have been five dollars here five dollars there uh each year but eventually i got to the point where i'm at now and uh, i have clients who you know who told me man they pay me 60 because or they pay my price because they value me like, yeah, they can go elsewhere and, you know, pretty get a pretty decent cut. But the amount of attention to detail that I give for each person, like just for instance, knowing that I would tell some clients, hey, look, I know you want this, but I think this cut will look really good on you. And they'd be like, OK, let's try it. And then when I do this specific cut on them, they're like, man, you know what? You was right. I never had a barber tell me that. You know, make me change my my style, but I actually like this a lot. Yeah, and that was a tactic I got from uh, Traven. Traven would talk people into getting certain haircuts, and it worked. So yeah. I was like, "Hey, look, it's working for him. I'm gonna do it too." Yeah, but um, you know, just little things like that. People notice that you pay attention to them and their needs, and you know, a lot of people, especially um, I don't want I don't want specific. I don't want to call out a specific area, but. A lot of people tend to just look at this as a job. I'm just cutting hair. I ain't mm. trying to do no extra. I ain't trying to go above and beyond. This is what I charge. You book me. This is what you get. And that's cool if you, you know, if you feel that way. That's how you run your business and it works for you. 
But for me, I just wanted to give a little bit more as far as my attention to detail because really I'm an artist. I've been, you know, drawing or uh, involved with music some type of way. I just like art. And I picked up the Clippers at 17 and I kind of got away from the pencil and pencil and pad and cutting hair became my new form of art that became mm-hmm. my new way of drawing. So I'm a visionary. If I see something on somebody, if I see a head shape or I see a hair texture, I can be like, man, I would do this to that person. I could be, yeah. when I go places, I don't know if you do this, but when I go certain places, the first thing I look at, bro, I look at the hair. I'm like, man, that's a nice cut. Or I'm like, ooh. Yeah. They need to come to me. Like, I could have done, you know, I would have did this differently. I would have done that. But, you know, um, that's that's some of the gauges I use for justifying my price raise. But to answer your question, like, for me, getting those tips consistently was like, okay, this is kind of the direction that we, we need to be heading towards. Yeah. For me, I'm on a different plane. Um, I don't, you said it where it comes to like the, the tips is based on gratitude just to like simplify it. You was just like, you know, people don't have to tip and I'm with that. Like they don't have to tip and your, your price is, is your, is your price. Your price is going to be your floor, right? It's, it's, it's what you stand on, but they don't have to tip clients don't ever have to tip and i I have i've had many clients um be like hey like you never bring up tips whether i tip or don't tip like even even if people tipping me and they tipping me a good amount of money the answer is the same for everybody i'd be like thank you man i appreciate that yep you know, with every tip, somebody be like, "Hey, man, I only had a, I only had such and such." You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you next time. I'd be like, "Man, don't even trip, man. Thank you, I appreciate yep. this." And so, for me, I've always gauged my, I've never gauge, I've never used tips to gauge my price points because, because prices, because tips for me is is just an acknowledgement of gratitude. Mm-hmm. They just telling me that they're grateful. I understand that my price point is really how I can gauge how much money I'm making. And so I actually separate tips from income. When I look at the end of my week or whatever, when I look at how much I made, I deduct the tips from it. And then from that money, I can now say, all right, this is what I need to make sure that I pay my bills with. This is what I need to make sure that I'm saving from. This is what I need to make sure. Like all of my life is surrounded around the money that I'm charging off the services that I I performed. Mm-hmm. Um but the tips that's just extra money. Right. And so I do st- other stuff with that. But um I actually got uh, never mind, I'm not going to say that. So yeah. Uh I don't use the tips um as a gauge because like I said tips is based on gratitude and those fluctuate, man, based on what a person can do in that moment right. and what they can't do at that moment, different things can happen. Uh, they could just got a, like a stimulus check or something like that. They feeling frisky and want to <laughs> just, you know, go off and give you a, a huge tip because they, right. they like you, but you can't plan your life off that, you right. know? And so it's, it's a little bit um, different for me. So when I think about price um, adjustments, that's what I call them to my clients. I'd be like, oh, there's going to be a price adjustment. And they'd be like, hmm. You ain't going to ever adjust down, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No, sir. So when I think about it, though, I always try to change something about my business to show the value difference. Mm -hmm. So there's always something that I'm doing to make sure that when this change happens, they or when when the price adjustment happens, that they've already experienced a change that they like and they mm-hmm. don't want to miss. It's just like, man, I like that you do this now, whatever. And then they all into it. And then next thing they know, there's been a price adjustment. And a lot of times though, like, like I said, man, when you, when you allow your clients to grow with you, they really don't hold on 
to the yesterday's price. They realize that today's price is not yesterday's price, mm-hmm. and they're willing to go with it because you're not the same person. Right. Today's Delmar is not yesterday's Delmar. Right. Delmar has leveled up. Delmar has elevated. Delmar has improved. And so I need to ad- adjust accordingly because I want to stay with you. Like I like what you're doing, and I've, I support you, and I support where you're going. And therefore, I'll make the adjustments in my life necessary to make sure that I can keep my image the way that I want to. And I want you to be the person to provide me with that. Yep. Man. Yeah, man. So this, this was this was good, man. What yeah, you feel? I, oh, I was I was just about to take charge, man. You know, you you usually end the episode and I was just trying to do a little something different. Oh, man. Feel free to exercise yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, today has been a. Uh, I really appreciated this this episode as always. Uh, it's, it's always good talking with you, my brother. And um, you know, I f- I hope you all, you know, could understand and see where we coming from. I hope you all could relate to you know some of the things that were said. I hope you can take it and apply it to yourself. And you know, we welcome feedback too. If you're on YouTube. You know, give us some feedback. Uh, you can you can message us either. At, um, Brad, you'll have to drop your handle. But oh yeah, the business minded barber. You can hit me on the business minded barber. That's Instagram. And you can message me, the Prince, or you can um, shoot us a DM at Elevated Barbers Podcast on IG. Um, but we appreciate you all listening. Mm-hmm. This is the Prince with my co-host Brad. Absolutely. It's time to level up.